message, I wanted to uh, uh, kind of update you. Uh, this week was the week that uh, the staff was going to do this Tarzan swing, if you remember. Uh, for those of you that are new, uh, on Easter we had a challenge, and so our challenge was an attendance challenge and a salvation challenge that we wanted to see the Lord uh, reach a lot of people. Uh, as a church, we reach about 350 uh, per week on a regular basis, and on Easter we had 758 people in attendance, so God was very good, more than double of what was nor- is normally here, and so uh, that goes to uh, really just to thank you for inviting and bringing and so many people uh, just really open to, to hear what the Lord had to say that day. And uh, one of our goals was to see 15 people saved or, or give their life to Jesus, and we saw 16. So we exceeded our salvation goal. We are a little shy in the attendance school. But I told you as, that if uh, I told you that I am willing to go on the Tarzan swing for, I mean, seeing people get saved is so exciting to me and to the staff. And so, uh, so le- on Friday we went to uh, went to Go Ape. And so there's not many uh, vines that we can swing from in Pittsburgh, but thank God for Go Ape and North Hills. They uh, created kind of an experience in the trees, uh, just like gorillas would. And so we were there for two hours. There's a whole adventure, but uh, but part of the adventure is the Tarzan swing. So there's a little one and there's a big one. And so. Uh, myself, uh, Eric, uh, Manny, and Shelly, uh, and Dave Laux, who sacrificed himself for his wife, which is awesome, because uh, Catherine has had some, uh, Catherine's had some, some issues lately that she wasn't able to do this, so Dave jumped in, and so we've got an update, so here is us on the Tarzan swing, so go ahead, you can watch your screens. <laughs> So thank you for everything. That was a blast. And uh, uh, we've got some more blooper footage maybe coming next week. But it would be great. Get your Bibles out. And uh, let's go ahead and, and jump into our series, He is Like. In fact, today is the last week that we'll be doing the symbolism. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been really showing the, how the Holy Spirit is like. Uh, the first week, we talked about a dove and a fire. Uh, the second week, we talked about water and oil. 
Uh, and the very first week, we really clarified any confusion. There's a lot of confusion with who the Holy Spirit is. You know, is he a person? Is he uh, kind of this, this thing that we can't know? So we clarified a lot of that confusion. Uh, really, the enemy is trying to uh, keep us away from this relationship with the Holy Spirit, and we want to really encourage and grow and have us all mature and grow in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. So this is what this series has been all about. All of these shadows are to help us grow and mature, and as Paul prayed and, and as Jesus instructed, uh, the whole heart of this series is what Jesus said. It's to our benefit. It's to our advantage that he goes to the Father. He, he died, he rose from the grave, and he ascended to heaven, that, and then he sent the Holy Spirit. It's to our benefit, he said, that the Holy Spirit would come and be an active part of our everyday lives. And so that's what we're really trying to understand our relationship is the Holy Spirit has humongous benefit and, and understanding, and there's a, there's a benefit to this relationship with, with God. The Holy Spirit is God, and we need to know who he is and what he's saying and what he's guiding and what he's directing. And so all of these symbols and shadows point to who he is. It helps us understand his personality. It helps us understand who he is as God and, and, uh, and really just open our hearts and our minds to receiving him and falling underneath the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. And so that's really important and what we're speaking about. Today, we're going to talk about how he's like a wind, a seal, and a fruit. And so we're going to talk about those things today. Uh, and this will be the last week that we talk about symbols. In fact, we've extended this series three weeks. Next week, we're going to start talking about uh, how he empowers us. We're going to be talking some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and really going through and explaining uh, the supernatural things that only he can do. It's not like we can go to Walmart and buy these gifts. These are supernatural gifts that he gives to each believer. And we'll talk about that uh, starting next week. And we'll spend three weeks talking about those. Uh, and then we move into our summer series, which I'm really excited about. I haven't really announced it yet but we're going to be studying the book of Daniel over the summer. And if you've ever read Daniel, it's a phenomenal book. And so you're going to want to be here for our summer series as we look at Daniel. Um, all right, so let's look at how is he like the wind. And so uh, if you understand anything about Pittsburgh, uh, in fact, it happened this morning, which was crazy. It was beautiful at 845. And then when we got out, it started pouring down rain within seconds. It's crazy how the weather can change in an instant. If you were out working yesterday, it was beautiful all day, and then all of a sudden it suddenly changed. The wind came, the clouds came, and it started pouring down rain. Um, so uh, we understand that the wind is, is one of those things that we can feel. We can't necessarily see it. Sometimes we can add things so you can see wind, like you'd add humidity, and, or if you've ever been in a plane and flying and it's been a real humid day, sometimes you can see that line uh, through the wind. So sometimes you can see things like that, but the wind uh, most of the times is something that you can't can't see, but you can, you can ex experience it. You can sense it. The wind can be very powerful. I mean, we'll be, uh, many of you, are, uh, all of us are praying for those uh, South and Midwest America that got you know, terrible winds and tornadoes and just tore apart their cities and, and many lost their lives. And so uh, just like the wind, uh, the Holy Spirit is very powerful in our lives and, and we need to understand uh, this relationship we have with him. And so, uh, so really, uh, He's like a wind in that way, uh, that we can experience him, that we can understand him, that he's very powerful, and that he's everywhere at every time. Uh, so it really speaks to the omnipresence of who he is, that he can be here, and look, if you're in America and you're, you're in Russia, guess what? There's wind here and there's wind there. There's always wind. And so, in fact, the Bible teaches that Jesus teaches us uh, that aspect of the Holy Spirit is that he's everywhere all the time. He's in all of our lives. He's really uh, looking for the children of God, those that have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he's constantly in our lives and, and moving among us. So, uh, so that's really, uh, when we talk about he's like a wind, uh, that's really what we're talking about, is those 
attributes of wind, that power, that strength, that he's everywhere at all times, that he's always around us, that we can sense him, we can hear it, we know it. Uh, so wind is, is that way in our lives. In fact, um, I can control the wind right here. This is great. I love technology for this reason, right? So I can make wind, and I can control whether that wind is uh, too hot or too cold. And uh, this might work or may not. Let's see here. Oh, there we go. Here we go. What, ready? Listen. Listen for it. There it is. So, and it will be cooling. If you're a little warm, be thankful. Some of you are like, oh, geez, John, not too much. All right, so we got, we got a cooling, but, you know, it's an amazing wind, uh, especially when it comes to your, your heating air condition. You can control the temperature. You can control the, that the fan's running and it's blowing the wind. And how many of you know that makes a difference in your life, whether it cools you or heats or, uh, and without wind, and I, I love these symbols uh, in the scriptures because uh, the Holy Spirit's like wind and he's like water. Uh, these are things that sustain life. Without wind, we wouldn't have life. Uh, without wind, there would be no humanity. Without wind, there would be uh, no creation. There wouldn't be anything that could survive and live. You have to have that as part of your life. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. We have to have him as part of our life. It's so important that we heed and listen and, and we place him as Lord. We're followers of Christ. We're followers uh, of God. And we need to follow the Holy Spirit as well. And you're going to see that as we look at Scripture. And John chapter 3 um, Jesus is, is teaching in this passage, and, uh, and John, he says this, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. How about that? Now, I've heard the scripture used different ways and used wrongly, that you know, we're just to go wherever we want. And, and, but here's what Jesus is really teaching, uh, is when the wind, and if we were out in the weather yesterday or even, even this morning, uh, you don't know what direction it's coming from, but the reality is that it's in your life. That, it, that it's always part of your life. Whatever direction, whatever speed, whatever the uh, velocity is, you, you experience that, you can sense it, you can know it. And the same is true as for us that are following God, that have the Holy Spirit, is that he's always an active part of your life. You can't dictate when he comes or what the, uh, what the velocity of his coming would be, but he's actively part and he's always part of your life. He's always present in your life. And this is what Jesus was teaching. Uh, for us that, as born of the Spirit, he's teaching Nicodemus who didn't have the Spirit at the time. And he's saying, look, this is what it's like to have a relationship with him. Is that he's always going to be an active part of your life. It doesn't matter where you go, where you're at, uh, the Holy Spirit will be part of your life. In Acts 2, 2, they described the Holy Spirit that moment. If you remember in the upper room, uh, that all 120 disciples were in the upper room. Jesus instructed them to go there. Uh, and he said this, and uh, this is the way to describe that moment in Acts chapter 2, 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of or like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So in this aspect, you see they're describing the Holy Spirit and his presence like a mighty rushing wind. That, look, we can understand we can sense the Holy Spirit we can sense his presence and it's powerful it's mighty uh, much like when you are experienced it how many of you guys have ever been through a tornado anybody right you you definitely take uh, shelter and you you protect yourself now the Holy Spirit's not out to hurt you uh, but just understand that that same power that like a like a tornado or a mighty rushing wind that same power is found in the Holy Spirit and when he comes up, when he comes into your life and when you're filled with the Holy Spirit there's amazing things that happen not only to these believers but to us 
These believers, in one moment, they sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. They sense the power of God in their lives. They all recognize it. They all heard it. They all saw, uh, maybe not physically, the Holy Spirit, but they sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Instantaneously, they receive something from him. They receive supernaturally tongues. They receive different languages, 18 different languages. And they all went out from that upper room preaching the gospel in a way they never have done before. Thousands of people got saved. The church began right here in this moment. So the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, you can sense it, you can know it, you can understand him, you, he can speak to you, he can, he can supernaturally gift things to you. That's who he is. That's how great the Holy Spirit is. And it not only changed the disciples, but it changed thousands of lives. And this is what I love about the relationship with the Holy Spirit is it transforms us. And the gospel is always freely you receive and freely you give. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. Freely, you're going to receive all that he wants to give and do in your life. And then freely, you're going to give that away to others. And that's how we become the light of the world in a city on a hill, is by receiving from the Holy Spirit and giving to others as he's given to you. And so Acts 2 records that very first moment. And John chapter 20, um, again, describing how he's like a wind, uh, says this in verse 21 and 22. So Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So this is the instance where Jesus had died and rose from the grave. He came to the disciples. Now this isn't Pentecost, but uh, Jesus came to them and breathed on them and they received salvation. They received the seal of salvation. They received the Holy Spirit. And many times in the Bible, you're gonna see that the Holy Spirit is described. In fact, uh, a lot of times as believers, we, we love songs that talk about the breath of God. There's a, there's a great song about the breath of God. Well, when we're saying the breath of God, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the life. Remember, anytime we see a symbol or shadow of the Holy Spirit, uh, last week we talked about water. It's always talking about, and Jesus taught us all, in John's gospel, how the Holy Spirit brings life. He brings life into us. Well, guess what? The very breath of God into our nostrils in Genesis is what brought life to us. It was that breath. It was the Holy Spirit that was over the waters that was dark and dead and there was no life. It was in that moment that the Spirit of God and the Lord Jesus and the Father all worked together and boom, life instantaneously came. They were all working, but the Holy Spirit breathed, breathed life into us. That's what Jesus said. It's to your benefit. It's to my benefit that he comes into your life. Because he's going to lead you to truth. He's going to bring life into your life. The old is past. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, the new has come because you have something inside of you that you've never had before. You have the very breath of God. You have God leading you to truth. You have God showing you how to walk in this earth that is no longer his. He's not the God of the world. But in this world, God is living in this temple and you and me and his believers, and his sons and daughters, and he's living in and through us in a powerful way, just like the wind. In Genesis 1, 2, it says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. So again, saying no life, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. He's hovering over the face of the waters, much like wind, right? We're standing wherever we are, and the wind is all around us. Sometimes you feel it. Sometimes, how many of you guys like that cool breeze when it's hot? Or when you're sitting on the beach, you love that cool breeze, just the, the smell of the ocean, the smell of, uh, you know, just being out in the sand. Sometimes you don't want that cool breeze when there's like a dead fish. You say, oh, that's bad. That's, that's not good. Uh, but just like the, this Holy Spirit is always present. 
He's always around you, regardless if you're on the mountaintop, you're in the valley, you're climbing the hill, you're going down the hill. The presence of the Holy Spirit is always in your life. Just like wind is always part of your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's subtle, maybe it's powerful, but it's always part of your life. And the Holy Spirit will always, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, he's for you, he's not against you. That's the good uh, analogy of how the Holy Spirit is like wind. Uh, Genesis 2, 6 and 7 says, But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. A great scripture in the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now remember, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll guide you into all truth. Look at this. All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's teaching. He's rebuking. He's correcting. He's training us in righteousness. He's leading us to truth. That's the breath of God. All scriptures God breathed. Everything we have in this book was breathed by the Holy Spirit. was breathed by God. In fact, there's another scripture. I believe it's in uh, Hebrews. If, if I remember correctly, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But where it says that this wasn't written by man. This was given by the Holy Spirit. And this is why we can say all is God-breathed because the Holy Spirit's what instructed man to write this. Prophets of old and the uh, apostles of new. So the Holy Spirit is like wind. He's powerful, he's present, he's knowable, he's sensible. You can, you can know him, you can feel him, experience him. And I love how scripture gives us all these, these describers of he's like this because these are things that we know and we understand. All of our weather forecasts, every weather forecast you, you watch has to do with what? The temperature, the wind and the direction, the humidity of the wind. Everything you watch when it comes to weather describes something to do with wind. And in that way, everything we do for Christ is gonna have something to do with the Holy Spirit. He's guiding us, he's leading us, he's empowering us, he's, he's using us, he's showing us himself in different ways. We're growing in our relationship with him. And that's so powerful. And that's really what this series is all about, that we're open to growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we're open to hearing him, that we're submitting ourselves, that he's the Lord and we're followers, that we're allowing him to speak into our lives, to lead us, to guide us and direct us. Second is he's like a seal. He's like a seal. Now this one's an interesting one uh, in a sense that uh, he is like, but he also is the seal of heaven for us. But, uh, and uh, even today and in the olden days, we, we use seals. So the pres every president has a presidential seal, the presidential seal of the United States. Every country, every nation, every dictator, every government has a seal, don't they? And so if they're speaking on TV, it's behind them, it's on the podium, it's on the airplane, it's on the White House, it's everywhere. There's the, the presidential seal of America. Well, in the Old Testament, when there was kings, when it was King David and all the other kings, they had a seal as well. And if they were, um, and even the same as today, if they were signing a decree or law, uh, they signed their name and that their presidential seal is, is, is on that document showing that this is official, this is an official document. Well, the same is true in the old days when the president or when the king wanted to make a decree uh, or whoever was over the nation was saying something, uh, they would send out a decree, they would send out a letter, they'd put it in a, an envelope and they would seal it with, the, with the, the seal of that nation or the seal of that king and it would be a wax seal. 
And that wax seal would be unbroken. It would, you know, obviously go on hot and then it, then it would dry. And so you would know if it was tampered with because it'd be cracked and broken. It'd be open. So uh, just like today, right, we lick those nasty envelopes, don't we? We just lick them and you know if they're tampered with, right? Because you, you can't get those things open usually or you cut your finger trying to open them. So you know if they've been tampered with. Well, in the same way, uh, these seals of the kings were, were these wax seals. And when you would receive that, you would know, okay, this is from... King David, because that's his seal. That's his, uh, his, the king's seal. We know this came from his desk. It came from his hand. It came from his mouth. And so you would open it and you'd take that authority knowing because of his seal. Uh, well, in the same way, uh, the Holy Spirit is our seal. He's our seal. Uh, and when, when the Father looks down and he sees us, he sees Christ in us. He sees Jesus in us. We're sealed because Jesus redeemed us. He paid the price for us. And that very same seal that king would, would send out to their, to their people and their land, well, the seal of heaven on us is the Holy Spirit. So when the Father looks at us, he sees the seal of the Holy Spirit. He sees the Son and his righteousness in us. And sometimes that's hard for us to comprehend, isn't it? Because we look at ourselves and we say, no, I'm not worthy, or, or I didn't do enough, or whatever the case may be. But when the Father looks down, he sees the Holy Spirit. He sees a seal upon us. He sees the righteousness of his Son on us. He, doesn't, uh, he sees uh, our sins been forgiven and removed. So he sees righteousness. He sees heaven. And in each and every one of us. You know, I'm, I'm amazed at how much the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being the seal of our lives. Uh, in Ephesians, uh, really, if, you, if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians. There are a lot of places in Ephesians that talks about it, but it's all through the scriptures. I could spend hours uh, going through this, but look at Ephesians chapter one, verse 13. It says, uh, actually, you stay there in Ephesians. I'll read 2 Corinthians first. 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 22, it says, now he who has established us with you in Christ has appointed us as God, who has sealed us and given us the Spirit and our hearts as a guarantee. Everyone say a guarantee. guarantee. Listen, it's a guarantee. Salvation. Uh, look, I, I can't look at you and you can't look at me and say, oh, you got the seal of the Holy Spirit. Well, I hope, I hope you can look at us, you can see the fruits in our lives. But, uh, but the reality is, God sees the seal. He can see the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. When we go to heaven someday, there will be no fooling God. He's going to know. He's going to see the seal of the Holy Spirit upon each one of us. And that is the guarantee of salvation for us. And this is what Corinthians is talking about. That's the guarantee. When you receive Christ, when you confess with your mouth and you repent of your sins and you receive him as Lord, something happens. The Father sends his spirit upon us and he seals us. Not just, to, not just so you can get into heaven, but he sends you the Holy Spirit so you can live out this life in a way that you've never lived before. And of course, when you get to heaven, the guarantee's been there the whole time. There's no taking away the guarantee. It's been there the whole time. And Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also trusted, speaking of Christ. And after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Everyone say promise. promise. You got guarantee and you got promise. How many of you guys like those words? Listen, that's who the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's a guarantee for you. He's a promise not only, not only did Jesus promise and the Father promise, but he fulfilled his promises, sending you the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So here's what he's saying. Look, don't, don't squander your life here on earth 
But don't reject or don't squander or don't uh, run away from the Holy Spirit, but choose to live for the Holy Spirit. So he's the seal. And he's like a seal because a physical seal, you know, uh, that wax that the king would put on there says this letter or this person or whoever it is, they represent me. They're ambassadors of me. You know that you're called an ambassador and I'm called an ambassador of Christ. Why? Because you have his seal upon you. The Holy Spirit is in you and we're ambassadors of heaven. When Jesus said heaven would come to earth, it was a real deal. The Holy Spirit came from heaven to earth to us and now we, we are ambassadors of heaven. We're speaking on behalf of the Spirit of God, the Lord that's inside of us. We're now ambassadors for Christ. We're now ambassadors for the Father because the Spirit is in us. And then finally, I'll end with this one, and we'll spend some time on this one. He's like a fruit. Some of you be like, well, how's the Holy Spirit like an orange or an apple or a banana? How's he like a fruit? But how many of you know that a tree, uh, how do you know if a tree's healthy? It bears fruit, right? It bears a lot of fruit, hopefully. How many of you guys have fruit trees in your, in your yard? Or, you know, they drop a lot of fruit. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know if the Shrivers are here. Are the Shrivers in here? They, they like to bring in pears every year because their pear tree just goes nuts. It drops pears, pears, pears. They can't eat them all. They have to give them away. There's so many pears. Uh, that's how you know if a, fruit, if a tree's healthy, right? It, it bears a lot of fruit. And if it's, it can bear a little bit of fruit, but it, you know, it's, it's not healthy. Sometimes you prune a tree. Why do you prune a tree? So it bears more fruit. And maybe, maybe it's because there's dead branches on there. You gotta take the dead branches off so that the live branches could bear more fruit. But you know what? Sometimes you, bear, you prune a tree even though it's good and it's bearing fruit, but you prune it so it can be more efficient, more effective. It can bear more fruit. So it's not necessarily bad, but you're pruning what's there so it can be more efficient. It could bear more fruit. Uh, but uh, the, the health or the sign of a, of a tree that's healthy is fruit. And so in the same way, the Holy Spirit is healthy for us. The fruits of our life are gonna be when we lean into the Holy Spirit, when we're following the Holy Spirit, that's gonna, how do we know we're healthy? It's, it's because when we are, have a relationship with a healthy God and he's gonna show you maybe not so much apples and oranges and bananas, but he's gonna show you his character, his nature, his goodness, his gentleness, his kindness, his goodness, his self-control. He's gonna show you all those things. Now, it means that you're not gonna have all those things. That's why the relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. For us to be healthy is having a relationship with God and we're choosing to walk and be like him. We're choosing to live for him. We're choosing to follow him, which means sometimes we're not all the way there. Sometimes we don't have patience. Sometimes we're not very kind. But it doesn't mean that's who you are. It means that you have to look to God and have him show you, have him reveal to you. Maybe you need to prune an aspect of anger out of your life. Maybe you need to prune an aspect of something out of your life so you can control yourself. You know, maybe there's something that you're doing really well, but he just wants to prune it so you can be more effective for the kingdom. Right? John 15 is all about uh, this very... Uh, Visual. John 15 says that Christ is the vine and we are the branches and the Father does the, he does the grooming. He does the pruning of the branch. But it's the Spirit of God that takes from the vine and gives to us and bears the fruit. It's that relationship with him that shows us how to live this out, how to make good fruit on the earth. It's, it's him that shows us these things. Let me show you a few scriptures. Ephesians 5, 
verse 9, says that the fruit of the Spirit is all is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. He's in all goodness, all righteousness, and all truth. That's who the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. So if we want to know what's healthy, the Holy Spirit is, he's in everything that's good, everything that's righteous, and everything that's truth. That's his fruits. So if we don't understand who he is, now you know. Everything that's good, everything that's right, and everything that's true, that's who the Holy Spirit is. Those are always his fruits. And so we can trust him in those things. We can always look to him for the goodness. We can look to him for the righteousness. We can look to him for the truth. And so maybe we're sitting here and say, well, I'm I'm confused about who he is. This will help you clarify the heart of the Holy Spirit, the Lord himself. Look at Galatians 5, 22 through 26. And this is where I want to spend kind of the remainder of our time is in this verse. But uh, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Uh, Normally I use the New King James, but I really like the way this is written in the Passion Translation. It says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its varied expressions. Now watch this. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced the crucifixion. For everything connected with ourself, life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on one another, for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. I really like this, the way this is written because it really helps you understand how powerful the Holy Spirit inside you is. Now, a lot of these things, sometimes uh, we try to avoid for some reason. It says, for within you, the fruits of the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Divine love. Now, I I love America. I love where we live. But how many of you would say America needs more love? Not just America. I think every nation on the earth needs more love. But not just more love. But we need need the love that the Holy Spirit has. How, How in the world can the Holy Spirit look at every person he created and have it in equal love? Not of partiality or favoritism, but he can love us all equally. That's the kind of love that we need, that we can look at people without judgment and without stain or without uh, you know, whatever our experience or pain or hurt is, but be able to look at people uniquely for who they are. That's the way the Holy Spirit looks at people. And I don't know about you, but I need help looking at people that way because we have a, a tendency to let the flesh mess with how we see people experience and hurt and pain, how we love people. How about this, a joy that overflows. How many of you have that kind of joy? Some of us do, right? Some of us are real bubbly and overflowing with joy. Some of you are like, get away from me, you're too joyful. But the the fruit of the Holy Spirit is overflowing joy. That's who he is. So if you're ever like, what's God like? Overflowing joy. How many of us say, well, God's sitting there with a dagger waiting to hit me? No, overflowing joy. That's who he is. So if you have any other concept of God, 
Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, doesn't matter, they're all the same. They're all united, they're all one. They're three in one, but they all have this attribute, overflowing joy. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is overflowing joy. I don't know about you, but I'd like to hang out with that guy. That just, joy is just popping out of him. Hey, how you doing? Joy, joy, joy. You just touched that guy behind you. You didn't even know it. That's awesome. Overflowing joy. So if you're going through something and maybe you're not too joyful, this is why we need a relationship with him. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're angry. Look, this is why I love. Anytime you're going through something, you can turn to him. If you're joyful, you can turn to get more joy. We're never overflowing enough of joy, are we? But if we're maybe just distracted, distressed, upset, angry, anxious, look, you fill in the blank of where you are. If you've received Christ and the seal of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you, and you can look to him for that joy that you don't have. You can look to him, you can ask him, Lord, I, I'm struggling right now, and I know you're full of a joy that is just overflowing. I know that you're full of divine love, and he can help you with that. How about this? Peace that subdues. Anybody need some peace? I don't know about you, I'm tired of the fighting, right? How many of you have kids? Tired of the fighting. Peace that subdues. You know, the Holy Spirit can help in those situations. He can help in our nation where there's backfighting and bickering. He can help in your life, personally, whatever you're going through, wherever you are. Not only just peace, but a peace that subdues. A peace that's active in your life that makes the chaos go away. This is the one that we don't like. Patience that endures. I don't pray for patience. Well, you'll never be patient. I don't want patience. Well, you'll never be patient then. But I want patience. Then stop not asking for patience. I love that it's patience that endures. So that means that you're going to go through some stuff and then you're going to learn patience. Or you're going to go through some stuff and you're going to have to turn to the Holy Spirit who knows patience to help you understand what patience is so you can endure through whatever it is. I don't know where we get this false doctrine that uh, when we become believers that everything's just going to be good. It is, I mean, it is good in the sense of everything that's God and everything that's Jesus is good, but you know, we live in a fallen world. So you're going to innate, you're going to walk into situations that are not of God and you're going to need patience. You're going to need love. You're going to need overflowing joy to go through those situations. And so we can turn, if we don't have the patience that we need, we can turn to a God that has all the patience that we could ever ask for. And he's going to help you grow in your maturity of patience. And he's going to help you endure whatever you're going through so he can prepare you for the next thing. And I love that about God. He, when you're faithful with this small area of patience, that's, guess what? He's going to give you more patience so you can go to the next. You could be somebody that's full of patience regardless of what you've been through. Kindness in action. How about that? That's a good, that's a good descriptor of somebody. They're not just kind, but they're, they're living it out. I see it in everyday life. That's the Holy Spirit. Kindness in action. Have you ever read anything in Holy, about the Holy Spirit in the Bible that's been like, that wasn't kind? No. Heals the lame, saves the sick. Jesus was anointed to do those things, but by the same power, the same Holy Spirit that's in us, he's, the Holy Spirit heals. That's one of his gifts. The Holy Spirit Brings patience and kindness. That's his fruits. He can give you words of encouragement. Of encouragement. Not words of death. Words of life. 
That's who he is. That's what I love about this relationship. You start reading through these things and go, man, that's a guy I want to hang out with all the time. Guess what? He's with you all the time. All the time. A life full of virtue. Probably one of the most powerful ones uh, that we need right now in America is virtue. We need people. Let's just, let's just put it on the court. The Holy Spirit's in us. We're the church. Look, government's not going to change things. Schools aren't going to change things. Educations aren't going to change things. Now, they're all good. I'm not saying they're not negative. I'm just saying that the real, the real person that's going to bring virtue and character and integrity is God himself. It's the Holy Spirit. So please don't wait for somebody else to do it. He's right here inside of you. And we can live as his church, people of virtue, of character, and of integrity. And I believe that the church needs to start raising the bar there. We need to be people of transparency, people of virtue, people of integrity, people of character. We should be the people they can trust the most. The church, when we're going through problems in our city, in our townships, and in our nation, the place they should turn is the church. Actually, they should be turning to the Holy Spirit. They should be turning to God. But, you know, you can't separate the Holy Spirit from the church. And so I'm praying that for us. And I believe Westridge is the best church in the world. I'm a little partial, but I'm standing. You're the best church in the world. But we're all united with the church all over the world, aren't we? But I'm praying that we continue to rise and raise the bar, that we're going to be people of character, of integrity, of joy, of patience, of kindness, of divine love, that whenever anyone or anything or any government needs help, hey, we can go to Westridge. They'll help us. How about this one? A faith that prevails. How many of you guys need more faith? Anybody? We all need more faith. You know that's one of his gifts, the Holy Spirit. is not only who he is, but it's one of the gifts that he gives you. And I love that because the Bible says that faith is, uh, is believing in what you can't see. Like the wind, you can't see it, but you know it's there. There's going to be moments in your life where you need more faith. Well, you can turn to faith itself and say, hey, help me see like you see. And guess what? He created it all. Remember, he hovered over the waters. He breathed into our nostrils. It was him that was part of everything that you see. So he lives way above you and I. He thinks differently. His thoughts are much higher. Everything he does is at a whole nother level. But isn't that beautiful that he's right here inside of you? Helping you. So if you need faith, look, you have, a, you have the Holy Spirit that isn't defined by what you see and what you know and what you experience and what you learned. You have a God that knows everything about everything. And he can give you the faith that you need. And it will always be good. It will always be gentle. It will always align with his word. How about this one? Gentleness of heart. Do you think about God that way? Gentleness of heart. The Holy Spirit's gentle, he's kind, he's full of love, he's full of peace, he's full of patience. Look, I think for a lot of us, this list here changes how we see God, doesn't it? I hope it is. If you have any other definition of God, you've got to change it because of this right here. Because the fruits, the health of the Holy Spirit is this right here. This is who he is. He can't change, he can't move, he can't shift away from this. This is who God is. He's gentle of heart, and he's, and he's the strength. He's strong. When we're weak, he's strong, and this is who he is. If you need strength, if you need help with something, he's right there to help you. 
And I love this next verse. Never set the law above these qualities. These are meant to be limitless. Limitless love, limitless joy, limitless patience and kindness and life of virtue and faith and gentleness. I can't wait to get to heaven to experience this and be like, wow, we really missed it on earth, didn't we? But it doesn't mean that we can't walk on earth and experience heaven today. We know that heaven's going to be phenomenal. Some of those uh, vets and those militants are there right now saying, yeah, you've got to see this. It's great. But when Jesus said heaven will come to earth, it was a reality. The Holy Spirit left heaven and came into us. And now you're ambassadors for Christ. Now you can hear him, you can see him, you can follow him, and you can be, you can be heaven to so many people right here, right now. And it's limitless. And it's intention and it's power and in what God sent it to do. Look, this morning, I, I don't know, I pray this list, and I say list, but I, I pray these characters of God are helpful to you. I pray it helps you see the Holy Spirit in a different way. I hope it helps you open your heart to him in a different way. You're not opening your heart to somebody that's mad at you or angry or can't, can't wait to get back at you. you. You're opening your heart to somebody that's full of peace, of kindness, of gentleness, full of character and integrity, full of power. And so this morning, I, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you're here today and you haven't received Jesus and you don't have the Holy Spirit. You don't have that seal that we just talked about. Look, right here, right now, in your own words, you just tell God, look, I'm so sorry. I'm here, and I want to know you more. I'm repenting of my mistakes and my sins. And today, I want to make you Lord of my life. That's, that's all you got to say. Put it in your own words. You don't need any special vocabulary or seminary or anything like that. Just be honest and transparent with the Lord, and he'll meet you right there. And today, you'll walk away the blessing, the forgiveness, the power of God, and the Holy Spirit himself will leave heaven and come into your life today. And the old will become new. You're going to see. God will begin to change you just like that. You'll begin to see things differently. And today, if you're, you're here as a believer, maybe you just haven't looked to the Holy Spirit for whatever reason. It doesn't matter why. What matters is today I've, I see him in a different way. And I need him. Look, you're always going to need Him. You're always going to need God. Every scripture you see in the Bible, seek and you'll find me. Paul says, pray that they'll grow in the knowledge of Christ. Pray that they'll grow in the relationship and the understanding of the Holy Spirit. Look, keep choosing to seek after God. Keep choosing to walk after God. Keep choosing that, like, sometimes we're not going to have good thoughts. We're not going to have the right thoughts. Sometimes we're not going to make the right choices. But you can always turn to God. You don't need to run away from them. The enemy would say, go run and shame and hide. No, the Lord says, come, bring your burdens to me. Bring it to me. Let me lighten the load. Let me bring peace. Let me bring healing. Let me bring forgiveness. That's who he is. So it doesn't matter where you're at today. What matters is that you're opening your heart and you're saying, Holy Spirit, I want to receive you. God, I'm open to this relationship. You're the Lord, and I want to follow you. Maybe you need to look at this characters of the Holy Spirit, these fruits, and say, God, I need some more patience. I just, I'm not very loving. I'm not very kind. Look, 
Don't beat yourself up. Just say, God, I'm sorry. Help me. Help me in this area. Help me be more kind. Help me be more patient. And see, watch and see that will start pruning away. And you start seeing the fruit of patience and love and kindness come into your life. Why don't you stand to your feet? I want to pray with you. Right there where you are, just invite you to open your... Look, just receive his presence today. Like the wind, he's here. He's right here. He's not some weird thing in the room. He's, he's in you right now. He's in the room, but he's in you. And so just lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, I'm receiving you right now. Come on, lift your hands. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm receiving you. I'm opening my heart to you. And just be really honest with them. Look, I, there's not any special words that I can say for you. You've got to do it on your own. It's your relationship. Just talk to them. Share with them. Lord, I, I need you. Maybe you're on the mountaintop. Thank you. God, thank you for pruning. God, thank you for bringing good fruit into my life. If you need something from them, then be honest. Matthew 6 says, look, tell me your needs. I know them already, but I want to hear it from your mouth. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and, and I'll meet every need. Every need for the kingdom of God. Every need. Anything in my name, just tell me, just talk to me. This is about a relationship with me. Holy Spirit, I choose this relationship. Not just once in a while, not just once a month, every day. Every day, I'm, you're the Lord and I'm following you. And I'm learning and I'm growing and you're crafting me and you're molding me into everything you've destined me to be. Lord, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. We honor you. We exalt you. We worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said. Let's worship, and you can keep talking to the Lord right there, but let's worship together. And if you need prayer for anything at all, our prayer teams are coming, so come on forward, prayer teams. They would love to pray for you. At any time during the song or after service, come up for prayer. You're not interrupting. We would be honored to pray with you. Uh, we love you. Let's worship together.